Uh, time flies when you're having fun, huh? Yeah, no, that, I haven't uh, played that in a while, and that is a, uh, you know, I kind of look back with regret. I should have taken that into the studio, you know, the studio, you know, the formalized studio with the, uh, you know, and, and, and done it, done it, uh, you know. But it's weird, lightning hits in a bottle, you know, and I just, I think I did that track in five minutes. It was called Pure Evil, and it is. It's basically the devil saying, uh, you know, become mine. You know, you know, take it into your consciousness, under your skin and in your soul. And also, it was before, remember this, it was before COVID, right? It was before COVID, guys. I'll tell you a really interesting story. In the remastering, you know, in, in the re restoration of Angel's Tide, which is uh, guaranteed to to work on you, <laughs> to get under your skin, in a good way, in a good way. But um, what I discovered was, you know, and and this is just because I've, you know, I'm looking at frame by frame, and we're, you know, restoring the picture and the sound and everything. It's really and that's all, all pretty much done now. Uh, okay, but here's the weird, the weirdest thing. Are you ready for something weird? Now, I want to prove something to you about predictive programming. Oh, why get out of bed? Um, because the alternative is basically death. And I may have to take a break here. I, I'm... I'm in my kind of like podcast area of of the uh, living room that that we have a you know a table with the uh, little Genelec speakers on it and you know a little not a console but I mean, my setup and I'm actually I actually got over here today which is quite a uh, yeah first time I've been able to sit back to where I I left y'all. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I've had these interruptions uh, lately with getting into the podcast, so I hope you can uh, basically, uh, you know, for, forgive me if it's a little bit jarring, but I may have to take a break here, and uh, and I'm just, you know, I don't really want to, but it's a... Uh, um, it's just one of those things with uh, when you're me. <laughs> um, but anyway, this, this predictive programming—it's it, going to show you. I, I will show you how it works, and how the the people that put it out there, like say you say the Simpsons, put out the Twin Towers, whatever. But but they're not responsible, and I'll show you how that works. And uh, we'll just have to put on some music here for. What, what are you telling me? They lie? What, for money? How much money are you talking about here? <laughs> Thank you. 
you tell me they lie? What, for money? You say I said, but I did not say. Once a year, and then you can coast. Yeah, maybe you just coast.
get through another world, a lesser world, a world not
All right. Continuing on, a little music break. And I promised I would, uh, that I would tell you about this predict, this weird thing that happened as I was studying, you know, as we were all, all the departments studying, studying angels tied to understand what's happening there. And then I started, you know, and, and of course, that we found the, uh, the the live production dialogue and all that, so we were able to uh, really, you know, do it like a fresh, you know, like a like 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 we just shot it uh, in terms of mixing sound, and the whole thing was uh, it started off with the father, and he's watching a TV. He's he's a gambler. He's a he's a, a failed artist, failed fine artist painter, and he's watching the TV. He's betting on uh, Detroit, and he goes, uh, "Detroit's losing," you know. So he's going to win the bet. But I mean, there's one. Then he says, "Then she's trying to tell him." something very important, and he's not listening. He's now all into the football game, and she doesn't exist. After an absence of, say, you know, 10 or 15 years, however long it's been since they've been estranged, and she's trying to, you know, return home to, to make up because she's on her way to, to death. And that's no mystery. You find that out right away. So anyway, she's, as she's trying to explain this to her father. He's not listening. And so she gets mad. She flips off the TV with the controller. And then he goes, he says some quip to her. And then he says, anything else, princess? And so he just let it go. I mean, this princess thing, you know, just let it go. Then uh, down toward the end, there's a bar scene where the the uh, the lead t- steals this boyfriend this boy toy from another gal that she knew, you know the the cougars are out, and um, you know she's going to take him home and all that, and then he's very disappointing in um, sex and all that, and she insults him, and then all of a sudden he comes back as what he really is, which is an abuser. And that's exactly what he was setting up. And th- th- he started calling her die. And then he says, you like it when I call you that? As in the princess? And then um, later on, there was a, or earlier, there was a confrontation in the bathroom at this club between the two girls that were, you know, trying to get this boy. And... uh and one of them says, to them, well, what, you're almost like 40 or something now, you know what I mean? You'd, you'd think you would get, have gotten over this crap. And uh, she doesn't say anything back, you know, she lets it ride. So the, the audience is probably thinking, well, I mean, she looks great for 40, but, you know, we move on. And then as the, uh, uh, as before the abuse gets going, she goes, I'm 36 fucking years old and I'm going to teach you how to be nice. 
And that, that then exacerbates the abuser. That excites him. That gets him going. And then he says, you like when I call you die as in the princess? Okay, well, that's all fine and well. And it's kind of weird, the fact that the word princess came up twice. But then you go ahead and look up when Di- Princess Diana died. Well, the copyright on the film is 1995. She died in 1997. She was 36 years old. Somehow our character, and I can't remember if this was in the screenplay. I mean, I wrote the script, but I don't remember if this was in there or not. But somehow she had to reiterate that she was 36 years old. I don't know why. I don't think I would have written that. I don't see what, what the point is. You're like 36, you're 35, you're, you're over 30, you're almost 40, what, you know, an insult. You, you don't come back and, and clarify that. But she did. I'm 36. And, of course, Di, Princess Diana died at 36 years old in August. Um, I just find that if, if that were known and that had been released and people had picked up on that, they would say, well, that's predictive programming. Predicting Princess Di being assassinated. Princess Diana being assassinated. And, but notice how the principals, me, her, the, the crew, whatever, none of us knew what, what was going on. Get out of there, Ben. None of us, none of us, um, had any 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 clue about it. In fact, I didn't know anything about it until I finally started going frame by frame and, and you know trying to you know pre- prepare this for release. Since we never really finished the picture, we it it got finished in that kind of a hackney, not acceptable to me. And I pulled it from the uh, market, and I thought, well, if there's ever any money, we'll finish it. Okay, so it was like, you know, and it was a first film, so it was like, you know, something that was admittedly on a low enough budget so that we could do it, we could accomplish it, we could finish it, but we couldn't finish post-production. The the post-production was just too expensive. And frankly, uh, you know, very few people know how to do post correctly. Post is when you go into the movie theater, you see a movie, and it sounds fantastic. That's post. Okay. And the picture is stunning. So if you can't get that, and most people can't, most indies can't unless they, it's a DIY, right? They learn how to do it in film school, and they learn how to you know, color correct, and they learn how to you know, work the Da Vinci system and all the Avid and Pro Tools and blah, 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 blah. So they become proficient in getting at least a good enough sound to, uh, to get the story done. And all the tools are there. It's just that I guess most people don't have any ears. They really don't know. They really can't mix. You know, mixing is very complex. There are things that happen in a mix, just like I I went out of key on this hologram thing, but I wasn't. I technically was on key, but it sounded off, and there's a reason for that. It's an engineering reason, though, not from the singer, not from me. It was a something that had to be corrected in post-production. You see what I mean? And I'm, I'm hearing it now at low volume. 
Okay, so anyway, it's not predictive programming, meaning I had no clue about it. I didn't know that was there in the film. And of course, my daughter being dead and then being the angel of death and then being dead. You know, that uh, more predictive program. I mean, there's a ton of predictive programming in that way. But I, I didn't, I was not the programmer. I didn't program it for Princess Diana, her death, and to make a prediction about it. It happened, I was used, I suppose, in the process of predictive programming, one of many, I suppose, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but we were used to predict it even though we ourselves were not conscious of it at the time and didn't, didn't bother to go into uh, two years later to connect the dots and see that, you know, Angel's Tide predicted Diana's death. And Angel's Tide is about death, and it has uh, the angel of death is played by Zeph's deceased daughter, Francesca, at four years old. I don't know what the number four has anything to do with, but... You know, there's all kinds of weird things like that. And um, I would be the last to know. So I can see a lot of, and I hate to say this, to keep blaming Christians. Um, some, some of the persecution Christians get is, are, is brought on uh, by, by Christians themselves. You know, going around labeling people predictive programming and then blaming the Simpsons or blaming the uh, production staff or bl blaming the producer or bl blaming somebody and saying, oh, you're of Satan because there was predictive programming in your song or your, or your, or your TV show or your whatever it is you're presenting. And when in actuality, that, that is not, you would be the last to know. But that would still get you labeled. Just like a lot of people get labeled a witch, like you have to be careful of, uh, because you know somebody like a, a Taylor Swift is going to love being labeled a witch, because that's more attention for her, right? That's more controversy, and more controversy has proven to be skyrocketed her career. So this witch controversy is just is just perfect. That Sam Smith did the same thing with his sort of. Uh, I don't know, gay witchcraft, whatever the, whatever his trip is, and you know, Travis, other people with you know, rappers and so forth, and they're they're all trying to cash in on this Satan thing, that they're somehow dangerous people. They're dangerous people, and you better watch out because they're dangerous, and uh, they're tough. Uh, so you better buy their record because they're tough and dangerous more than anybody you know. And uh, they've all been in prison and they've all, you know, trying to get that, that uh, street cred. Well, it, it's all bullshit. They're bullshit. And I don't mind calling them on it if I ever see them, but I mean, I'm not in a, you know, that's not something I would pursue in my life is, is seeing a celebrity so I could call them, call bullshit on them. But that's what should happen. Because most of these people are just manufactured. You know, um, the whole image of Princess Di was manufactured. The whole image of, of Taylor Swift is, is manufactured. 
And, you know, then they get the whole thing going of, well, she's really a man. Look at those shoulders. And it goes on and on and on. Problem is, there's no evil genius behind the scenes calling the shots. Except for Satan, Satanists, people like that. And they're not going to be in the public eye. They're not going to be in the public eye. So, you know, it's, um, it really is a, uh, too bad that we do that and we, we, we find something, um, you know, a hand sign, you find a, I don't know, anything, including predictive programming, and that automatically gets somebody labeled whatever. Well, I have it right here in Angel's Tide, and I just discovered it, and I had no clue. No clue whatsoever, and I did not connect the dots until just recently. And now it's like a, oh, my God, type of thing, you know? <laughs> but, you know, back in the, in, in, in the day, it just didn't even register, you know what I mean? Because Diana was uh, alive and well. And she had her boyfriend and whatever, and uh, they were, you know, trying to escape the, uh, the crown and escape the, the royalty. And they were having all kinds of problems, and then that eventuated in the, uh, you know, the hit under the bridge. Um, but like I said, people can have predictive programming. Same thing with the airplanes hitting the buildings. A lot of predictive programming there. Illuminati game, you've got The Simpsons, other cartoons, movies. And, and it doesn't mean the producers knew anything about it or the writers. It really doesn't. I knew nothing about, you know, that connection with Diana. In fact, the obsessive need for the character herself to say, I'm 36 fucking years old after saying, being accused of being, what, you're almost 40 or something? This is getting a little old, isn't it? And then she goes, I'm 36 fucking years old when she's with the guy that she just stole. Basically, kleptomaniac. And uh, I'm going to teach you how to be nice. And then he says, screaming, teach me how to be nice. He's trying to burn her with a cigarette. And then he says, oh, you like it when I call you die, as in the princess. It's, um, it's something you'll have to check out when it, uh, when it finally drops. I, I don't know when that'll be, but um, it looks like it's on a very fast track because it's, uh, this is winding up. The mix will probably be wound up on Monday or Tuesday. And then uh, the color timing, and it's not called color timing anymore. What do we call it today? color adjustment, picture adjustment, um, visual effects, whatever. That should all be wrapped up uh, at, at the same time. And it looks like it's going to be uh, you know, available probably for, um, I think the plan is to release it to uh, certain festivals to start with. And uh, there are some suitors that would like to distribute it. And I think they want to make it part of the story of society and the you know how i became a writer and then you know the documentary and then tie this in with it as being a lost film which it was it was lost it was in i just really can't believe it i mean it got kicked around 
in garages, heat, tremendous heat. And you're talking about reels of, of 35 millimeter film in a plastic container that hardly con, you know, controlled and, and, and kept safe from the elements. And, and, then, and then just dragged around at different locations and, you know, just like a derelict. And, I, and no plans to ever go back to it. I thought it's a failure and we're just going to have to try to do better next time and maybe God will give me a break one day and things won't be so hard. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's, I remember when someone told me to stop screenwriting because it's too much rejection. I just said, um, yeah, I eventually did stop. And I eventually stopped filmmaking, even though I had an offer, too, of directing another film based on the fact that I've directed two. And uh, I walked away. Walked away, even with a deal, with a proposed deal you know, on the table. And uh, I really felt that that was... It and then you know I was so busy fighting the gang stalking that it was taking up my whole time, and then also trying to stay clear of being thrown into psychiatric hospitals, which we'd already been through that, and that's just pure torture. And so we're trying desperately to to stay out of the the clutches of people that are basically hunting you, trying to ruin your reputation, ruin your life, spread rumors about you. Um, set you up for failure, lawsuits, um, police actions, all kinds of stuff, you know. Blame you for this or that. And now with AI, I'm afraid that they're going to be going wild with people's reputations and, and, and you know, imitating people and they're, you know, posting stuff as somebody else and, 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 and setting up, you know, easy snags for the police. But uh, make no mistake, the, the gang stalking, being that it's demonic... You know, being that it's 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 trauma-based programming, but it's also uh, abuse coming from another dimension, and it's it's enough to devastate or debilitate anyone that doesn't know what's going on. It's scary as hell, and it causes people to lose it psychologically, and some people never recover again. I mean, they never recover again. That's it. They're talking to the wall, and that's the end of it for the rest of their lives. And do you think that's fair? You think that's fair? Because there's a whole lot of people that fall into that category, and then there's the other people that are just so frightened of this reality that they just do their job and keep their head down and hope you know, people just leave them alone. And, you know, eventually that comes tumbling down too. So what is this place for? Well, for one thing, it's to test loyalty. Right? Because as soon as you make a decision for truth, I don't even have to say Jesus. I just say truth, and that's the, the, the whole thing. I'm talking about the kingdom here. So as soon as somebody makes a decision for the kingdom of truth, for the truth rather than the lie. To stop going along to get along. To stop conforming to uh, whatever the 
the lower standard is. As soon as that happens, um, the, the world is on alert. Even people in other countries, you know, people you don't even know, they're popping out everywhere trying to get you. Why? Because they, they're trying to find out at what point do you renounce your faith? At what point do you say, I, I don't know Jesus, I don't know the truth, I don't know anything, I I'm, I'm, I'm just work my job, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm with these guys over here, the enforcers. You know, I'm, I'm you know, pulling a Peter, right? I don't know who Jesus is. Well, you know, Peter it didn't, was not a deal breaker with Peter. But, you know, he publicly denied the Lord three times. And then he affirmed his love for Jesus before the crucifixion, you know, three times. He was asked, well, do you love me? And, and a lot of people say that it had to be three times in order to overturn those three times that he said no and to teach everybody the reason that he's being called on the carpet like that is because of those three rejections of the one that gives life. The other thing is, when you choose life rather than death, because the world is basically um, worships death, it's a death cult, that's all it is, with really stupid people having all the money. That's right. A death cult with dumb people having the money. So therefore, being able to tell you what to do. And, you know, and then you say, well, <laughs> I'm, I don't see two and two as five. I see it as four. And they go apeshit trying to break your ass. They're, they're just not going to leave you alone until you renounce it and go, oh, I see what you mean. It's really five. Thank you, Winston. Out comes gun. Gun blows head off. Mission accomplished. Perfect. The, world's, the world is operating perfectly. The world is absolutely 100% perfect. Does Satan own anything on the earth? Nope. Do Satanists own anything? They don't. All their mortgages, all the land, all the farmland, all the factories, all the investments, all the Wall Street, they don't own any of it. Because everything they have comes from a collective. Hello, anybody? That should at least be worth a clown whistle. Anybody? Everything they own comes from the collective. They don't own anything. They're stupid. And what they haven't... I'm going to teach you something today. And then I'm going to, you know, probably cut it short. But... Uh, Ah, it's not short or long. It just goes the way it goes. So here's the deal. In capitalism and capital markets, in the modern economy, nothing has value. No, no, nothing is, is, is really collateral. Nothing really has the value to, to, to back loans on building projects or to build hospitals or, 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 you know, or libraries or whatever. There is no 
There is no system in place that supports any of those activities. So how do they get none? The only reason these people feel wealthy is because you exist. If you did not exist, and that means everyone like you, so that means you know the, the millions of you know misfits or just humans wandering around trying to figure out why they're here. If you didn't exist, the money that they have or they think they're going to get, the wealth that they're going to build once they off all of you in their mind. Oh, because I was going to tell them a secret. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it still terminated? No, I'm... I'm here. Can anyone hear me? I still have a chat going. I guess, you know, I'm about to tell you a secret. And did you see how I was interrupted? Did you see the on cue? Did you see it? Did you see that? Did you see what they did? Don't think that's an idle thing. So I will reveal it to you. I don't talk again. I will reveal it to you. The only reason these people feel like the Jeff Bezoses and the uh, the Maui Raiders, uh, the people that displace all the natives out of their homes and then offer to be the saviors, all these assholes, and I hope you call them that if you ever get a chance. Bill Gates comes to talk to your school or something. I hope you make your voice heard. You know, call him the scumbag he is. Should not be able to walk around in public. What's the matter with you people? This guy's a mass murderer. And unabashed. He's, no guilt whatsoever. He's getting even for the way he was treated as a nerd when he was, you know, in high school. They, they had to pull him out of high school. They have a bullshit story in a wiki about him, but it's... Not true. <laughs> Even with Microsoft, uh, he didn't build. He did, seriously, I feel like I sound like Obama. He didn't build that. He didn't do anything. It was just handed to him, and that was it. He's everything has been handed to him. He's just, you know, the front man. He doesn't even know anything about science, and yet people listen to him like he's a scientist. Where where people need to, st- you know, a lot of this karma that people are experiencing is their own fault. When they're feeling sorry for themselves, I'm sorry. It just there's a point where you got to go. You know what? You've been feeling sorry for yourself every day for the last ten years. You know, every day you're complaining about how you're being. You know, this is happening, and they're doing this to you, and they're doing that to you, and this happened, and that happened, but. More than half of this shit that's going on in your life, you created. So, he, so let's get back to the, the secret of wealth. 
Okay, so what gives wealth its wealth power? It's collateral power. Our people, human beings, and you go, take this to any economist, it'll blow their mind. If you remove the human beings from the equation, to the extent that you remove the human beings from the equation, you will uh, cause their wealth to go down to zero. No people, no wealth. And they know this to a certain extent. So, so you see, they kill a couple hundred million people, and then they're like, well, wait a sec, do we really want to, you know. Get rid of all that collateral where we could build empires, spaceships, all kinds of stuff. No, they couldn't do anything. Without the people there, there is no wealth. There is no collateral. There is no loan. There is no bank. There is no central bank. There is nothing. The wealth is the people. Now, you would think that somebody would have explained that to somebody. If the people decide they're not going to say back your project or they are, whatever they decide, it's what's going to happen. Oh, they do things anyway. No, they do things because you've given consent to be used as collateral, to be used as a commodity. The wealth is in you. And so you've, you know, by going along with the system, by going along with the birth certificates and all the other things, you've given them permission to use you as collateral. And you know, basically that expands their empire while they take everything they can from you and give you more and more of a sliver until they finally starve you to death. But as long as they notice how they try to keep you at a level of subsistence, that's because without you, they're dead. And when you finally realize that, you realize, oh, you mean Jeff Bezos has no power anyway? He doesn't. Or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or, you know... The, the hoteliers or the uh, Modernas or all the rest of them, they, they have no power. They have no wealth. They have nothing. What they have is what people consent to them having. Again, if the people were not part of the equation, there would be no equation. There has to be an equation or there can be no wealth. Adam Smith, The Wealth of Nations, kind of touches on this. Without, you know, a diversity of labor, there is no wealth. Without the people agreeing to put their efforts into building whatever it is they're building, without their consent, there is no wealth of nations. I, I love when people finally see that. They, they go, you mean, yeah, I mean that, you know, you're as much the billionaire as Bezos is. You just have been taught that you have no power, you're useless, you're a useless eater, you're in the way, you're stupid, you're ephemeral, you're not, you're not important, and uh, it doesn't matter whether you live or die. 
That's what you've been taught. And if you're a white male, Christian, whatever, then you should really just kill yourself. That's what you've been taught. But anyone that would teach forgiveness should kill themselves. That's their policy because the policy that they have is pure hatred. And so that's why I say don't just let them walk around. I mean, at least some people have been, you know, they... They try to get in the face of a few of them, the G20 or the G7 or wherever it is, you know, to remind them at the very least that without you, they're nothing. I do not consent to your... Uh, and the, re- the reason I want to change everything to, to, to the uh, LGBTQ and the men having babies and the, you know, the pushing the trans and all that is to, to push basically the opposite of civilization the way it's been, as a reset. So pushing all this new stuff means more wealth. They wouldn't do it if it didn't increase their pocketbooks, but it only increases their pocketbooks to the extent that humanity goes along with it. You have the power, not them. But we give it to them. You ever notice when the bank gets involved in a loan on a house or a business or whatever it is, how they wind up controlling the whole thing? And then if you don't consent to even one of those boxes, sorry, no loan for you. This happens because too many people have acquiesced to the bank. And if they didn't, the bank would be begging you to take a loan out. And that is the secret of wealth. First of all, it's your mindset. They don't own the wealth, you do. The people that build the machines, the people that build the structures, the people that that produce something, are the wealth providers. The people that shepherd it, i.e. the Black Rocks, the, uh, you know, the, the, the ITF funds, uh, even the Bitcoin people, all, all of them. They're, without the people, do you think Bitcoin would be worth anything without people? No, it would be worth nothing. It's only worth something because people are consenting to it and working it and using it. If they decided not to use it, it would be worth nothing. That's why people say, well, you could boycott Amazon. Well, it's not boycotting Amazon. It's, 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 it's boycotting the idea that Amazon is somehow an alternative. And I know it's, it's easier there. But if you, if you basically blotto out, you're not part of that system. You're not part of Amazon. You're not part of any of it. And they can throw TikToks at you all day long with inf- you know, beautiful and bizarre influencers that are trying to get you to buy something and buy a new tra- product and try a new product. Uh, once you've insulated yourselves from that, why do you think they spend all that money trying to get you to do that? Because without you, they don't have, their wealth is garbage. It is not wealth. So if they get rid of you all, if they do depopulation, the wealth goes down in commensurate with population.
it doesn't matter if you've got trillions of something that only that now a you know a couple billion pe- less people have you know so so your wealth goes down to that extent it's people you it takes really to get to evaluation it takes multiple people multiple transactions all of which are willing to cooperate if you're in a business deal and you know you don't want to deal with it anymore and you just say look I don't believe in your concept and I don't you know I don't I'm not doing the transaction I they say well but but you owe us you said you were going to do this you say well that was before I opened my eyes and realized that I don't I don't consent to it well we'll sue you you can't sue me I don't consent to the the concept of a project in the first place especially not with you since you guys are crooks But that takes courage. But it is true. Ask Larry Fink about it. Depopulation, Larry. Larry Fink, you don't think? Well, not completely, he says now. And Klaus Schwab is like, well, it's not exactly the Great Reset. It's instead of a technocracy, we want more of a Well, of course, because somebody taught them this lesson. If you get rid of the people, Klaus, you get rid of your wealth. Your personal wealth, your house, whatever it is that you love and adore. Gone. Gone like you'll be gone. And I was just hoping they would make that mistake. But... uh... You know, maybe not. I, I you know, I, I, I watch in, in disgust and, and horror, but, but mainly I watch the world. I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm here. The only thing I can do is, is sort of point people to what I think is the truth and, you know, talk about, uh, you know, various philosophical topics. Uh, but my entire raison d'etre, my entire being is about freedom. And that begins with freedom of mind and thought and expression. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting word. Mm-hmm. Okay, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and go. Well, we had a almost an hour. We had a little interruption, but I think we're good now. I'll see you next time.
What do you mean? When did I wake up? I never went to sleep. I saw something. Like through a window. I want to go back there. I know I can, and I will. My family? I don't have a family. I have people who mind me. You know who I am. I'm an actress. Or I was. Thank you. I'm glad you approve. But I'm not going back. I saw something. I saw another world. A world you've tried to block from me. From all of us. What do you need me for? Please. Do not keep throwing family, friends, and fans in my face. I don't care anymore. This is some kind of sick joke. Your sick joke. Wait a second. Stay away from me. Get your hands off me. I'm not going anywhere in that. What is that? Some sort of space bus? Never seen that before.